back to Unclassical. Hello and welcome back to fucking boiling Unclassical. Yeah. Guys, is anyone else fucking melting? Although, though, by the time this comes out... We might have had the nice thunderstorms. And then maybe fall will be on the way. Oh, I got them. We're going to be cosy and cool, guys. I'm literally under a cold towel like a dog. Like, seriously, get on it. Everyone should be doing it. By the way, I'm Marsha. And I'm Katie. Katie is literally melting. <laughs> I want to try and capture her attention with our new book. But you told me it was boring. Oh, it is picking up a little bit. You, you guys... We're are... not going to get there in the first episode. There's weird shit at this point. And oh my God, I haven't practiced my Southern American accent. <gasps> well, we're in the hot, sweaty south. <laughs> I guess the we're there. Hot, sweaty south. Oh my god, no, I need a minute to get into it. Hang on. That's a toad over there. <laughs> Why is that your buzz phrase? There's a toad over there. You gonna eat that frog? <laughs> I see you looking at that frog, and I seen that frog looking at you. What? You gonna start something with that frog? Work though, doesn't it? I mean, when you talk about toes and frogs, and you know you're in Southern America. That's Southern England. Sorry. Southern America. Gonna eat that frog. It's just the pause beforehand and the eye looking like between you and the frog, like, so. So. You're gonna eat that frog? <laughs> is that like, disgustingly racist, what we're just doing? <laughs> no, I think it probably is. Apologies. We I've... don't We don't think everyone from South America eats frogs. Southern Texas. North America. <laughs> I don't even know how to refer to it. Anyway, guys. Where is this set? Well, Southern North America. But, like, does it give a specific... Um... It's based... Well, let me introduce it, guys. So, yeah, I haven't even said what fucking book we're doing. <laughs> People are like, oh, fuck is that? Well, to be fair, it's in the title, guys. Come on. <laughs> it's uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. So it's written in 1960, but it's based in 1936. And it's based on Harper Lee's, she's the author, yeah. owns childhood observations in Monroeville in Alabama. Alabama. I'm Alabama. What does she call it? She calls the place, it's further down in my notes, guys. Um... Maycomb. Maycomb. Um, Maycomb. which I presume might be fictional, but anyway, it's kind of based on uh, Monroe. Oh, it's you clicking on the keyboard. I was like, there's a mouse in here eating your shit. <laughs> I could just hear this all like... Yeah, guys, if you can hear that, it is the keyboard, and thank fuck not a mouse, although I did just remember there was a tiny like, spider in here. You know when, like, this is quite niche, but do you remember when we had that beehive in the ceiling, and you could just hear it being like... <laughs> quite niche, it's more than niche, it's just us, but yeah. You this, could... is, this is quite niche, it only refers to people of our family. <laughs> that is quite niche, because it's quite a big family. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and also other people might have had bees nests in their roofs. Yeah. But yeah, you can just hear them moving around, and Katie, go near your phone again, do the uh, little... That is what it sounds like. It, it was weird. And then they <laughs> fell through the ceiling and fucking exploded everywhere. <laughs> yeah, shit was weird. <laughs> that, there's shit. a hole in the ceiling for like a long time. <laughs> no, do you not remember this? Oh my god, this is so funny, but so ridiculous. So basically, um, our dad was like, I'm not sorting this out to our mum. He was like, you have to sort this out. So she called like um, this exterminator guy because they're not allowed to touch bees' nests unless they're causing like a hazard to human health because obviously bees are endangered. Yeah. But when they fall into like, your house, <laughs> if that's the place, it's kind of a situation. Uh, so he had to come and like spray it so um, the nest wouldn't like return or anything. And um, he came down and he explained the situation to dad, even though it was mum who had booked it. Obviously. 
something. Yeah, and mum was like, oh, it's just like typical guy, wouldn't talk to me even though I booked it. And then so we said like, basically I've sprayed it, but the stuff needs to sit in there for like 24 hours. So I've put like a board over it to like keep it all contained in. Don't move the board for 24 hours. And dad was like, right, right, right. And then the guy left and mum went upstairs and dad had taken the board down and had his head up where the nest was. And mum was like, he fucking said don't move. And he was like, did he? And he was like, he must have said it to you. No, because he wouldn't fucking talk to me. Like, oh, why do people think that men can communicate? I don't know. They why do men just hear look at other music? men and be like, oh, yes, a fellow man, he'll understand. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know shit. I wonder what the inside of the fruit of the um, business looks like. Go look at it. I'm a look at it. It smells poisonous up here. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's had so many issues. Maybe, to be fair, it all started On his that. deathbed, like, this is your fault. because <laughs> you looked at the business. What? Anyway, just <laughs> already. So the kind of, like, main family in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is the Finch family, and it's told from the perspective... Are we killing them? They're not the type of bird. We haven't actually filled the finished the book yet, so I don't know. Spoilers. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, who knows? Uh, so it's told from the point of view of Scout, who is the youngest girl. She's the daughter. Uh, What's real... her actual name? Jean Louise Finch. Okay, well, I, I want to just check myself before I wreck myself. Oh, yeah. If she wants to be known as Scout, she could be known as fucking Scout. Because <laughs> yeah. she's quite tomboy. Yeah. In commas, because tomboy is a kind of problematic phrase. Sometimes yeah. tomboyish, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's very like, well, I mean... She probably like fights with her older brother, but yeah, they're like kind of like a duo. And in order to hang out with the older brother, uh, Holder, her older brother, like she can't really be like a girl because there's stupid girl stuff. Oh, such patriarchy, so young. Yeah. So this is a bit niche, mm. but less niche. Yeah. So we used to have a Spider Man game on like Xbox, whatever. This is even more niche because even I'm not included yeah. in this. Yeah. But if you made Spider Man bump into people, he got the people go, Oh, geez, Louise, it's always something in this town. <laughs> and so, whenever I heard, I remember reading this at school, and every time it would be like, Gene Louise, I was like, Gene Louise, it's always something in this town. It's always something in this town. <laughs> With Jean Louise? Jean Louise. Jean Louise. Louise Finch. And she's the daughter of Atticus, who's an attorney, which is lawyer in English. Of course he is. He yeah. can't be. Do you reckon he just came out of the womb and was like, Well, as Atticus, I must be an attorney? <laughs> I must be. As- uh, as Oedipus, I must be an attorney. <laughs> I'm an attorney. I'm an attorney I'm of Oedipus. And I like to read, as my name is, after all, very close to Atlas. <laughs> to be fair. And um, they, he's got another son, so Jean Louise's older brother, and his name is Jem. The ma got all dead a while back, and Scout Ain't doesn't... Ain't dead the way it's so hard for those poor kids. All those poor kids, and uh, Scout doesn't really remember her, but Jem does, and he's sad about it sometimes. And Scout knows to leave him alone when he's like that. And throughout the book, it's obviously like equal parts condescending and also like double standards with the view that Atticus is raising the kids without a mother. And um, most people feel like the children are lacking without having the influence of a mother in their life, as though like single parent families are almost kind of like abusive. Like, oh my God, I can't believe like you haven't taken another wife and those poor children, they're being brought up so Oh, I'm badly. so sorry I didn't like instantly find a woman who would mm. be heard on the street just be like, hello, you'll raise my children now. Yeah, you will carry on, please. And you can also be sure it's not that like there's if... women coming up to him being like, I like to raise your children, yeah, Atticus. I'd like to do that. But also, if it was like a single mother out of wedlock, it wouldn't be like, oh, I expect you to marry soon. It's like, oh, I can't believe you're single. So That's... gross. <laughs> that is a 
disgusting. But then being also, single, being a single parent was the last. But then season. it's also like, oh my god, Atticus, like you know, he does like so much. Like he has to like go above and beyond what a man is to like raise children on his own. Like, mm. but also selfish because like you're totally abusing your children by not having a wife. Gross. To be fair, pretty gross. <laughs> pretty gross. So the first line of the book is, when he was nearly thirteen, my brother Jim got his arm badly broken at the elbow. Okay. <laughs> One way to open a book. So now, uh, um, what time? At what point are you so obsessed with your siblings? No offense, but like <laughs> they're like, I'm gonna write a book about our childhood. Mm. First sentence: My old brother. <laughs> he broke his arm, and although maybe it's just ripping the piss because like now his left arm is shorter than the right, and it lies weirdly. Well, they say it lies weirdly. They say um his thumb is parallel to his thigh when he's standing up, and I was like, how the fuck? Well, I suppose if you're like that, it's not power. So, it, like, right against his thigh. So, if you put your thumb flat against the side of your thigh, like that, I mean, isn't that an okay place for your arm to be when you're standing? Or I suppose it's a bit gorilla like. <laughs> Katie does not look impressed. <laughs> Phil, Phil, you need to leave your brother alone and he's fine. <laughs> just, just let him be. Uh, let him be. Let, let him be. be. Oh, we learn a bit about Finch family history. So it's traditional for the men on the Finch family to stay on the family farm and to make a living from cotton. Controversial. Uh, so slave owners. Yeah, historically, yeah. Slave owners. Um, but by the time Atticus rocked up, it wasn't set in stone, so he went off to become a lawyer. And his younger brother went to study medicine and their sis sister, Alexandra, stayed and married someone else and they stayed on the land instead. So Atticus goes and sets up his law practice in Maycomb. And Maycomb is tired and old. And it says, men's stiff collars wilted by nine in the morning. Ladies bathe before noon, after their three o'clock naps. And by nightfall, they will have soft tea cakes with frostings of sweat and sweet talcum. Ew. <laughs> you know, That's disgusting. I know. <laughs> you know in old paintings where they have like the grey hair? Yeah. That's because they didn't wash, so they put powder in them to kind of absorb all the sweat and everything. To be fair, me on like day four of no hair washing just with the dry, <laughs> dry shampoo, shampoo. <laughs> like, come on, let's make it last. This is one thing I will say about the heat. Yeah. I spent, well, I'm not because I sweat it all out, but I do shower more. Yeah, yeah, that is true, that is true. But how fucking grim would it be to go back It'd be there so and everyone smelly. just covered in just like sweaty talcum powder uh, and just being grimy like you know people, past people are fucking minging this is the stuff I kind of wonder about because like I mean I'm pretty hygienic I'd say like yeah. I don't wash a shower every day because I also think that's bad for you like to over shower yeah at the moment I shower every day because it's a fucking sweat machine out there <laughs> but like if I didn't shower for like a few days I can like I don't know, my skin feels angry. Yeah. Like, it gets itchy or, like, you I know, guess my scalp like, gets irritated. They have, like, higher resilience. I would also say this. So, yeah, we're a lot, in inverted commas, cleaner now, but we do also have, like, global water shortages. <laughs> so there's not enough for everyone to drink, but damn, we're shower fresh. Right. So At I least we smell nice. Some, not say smell good. So At least I don't smell of sit and poo. Well, the concept of BO only came out in, like, the 1950s, didn't it? It was, like, a marketing gimmick for soap. Yeah. Yeah, so before then, like, if someone smelled gross, you'd just be like, uh, human sweat smell. You wouldn't think anything of it. It is gross, though. It is a bit gross. <laughs> but, but, yeah, anyway. It's the thing that, like, when I smell someone's BO, like, you know, I think years ago you might be like, eh, you're dirty. But, I mean, especially in this weather, if yeah. I smell someone's BO, I'm like, yeah, it's hot. 
Yeah. Like you don't judge them for it. You judge no, it's not everyone else being so goddamn sweaty. Every cell you got to sweat. Imagine with the water shortages, if they suddenly put like rations on water and we weren't allowed to shower as much anymore and we had to go back to things like putting talcum powder on yourself. Mental health would be so fucking low. Talcum powder gives you cancer. That's true. Um, I'm sure deodorant probably gives you cancer. But, um, Every, I mean, Everything gives you cancer. Probably not washing enough or washing too much gives you cancer, so... A new cancer every day. Yeah, <laughs> cancer everywhere. Sorry, uh, cancer trigger walking. warning. Walking. Um, <laughs> it's not trigger. to walk! <laughs> it's growing ah! It's too hot! So they also have a housekeeper called Culperina. And called, sorry? Culperina. What? <laughs> I don't know. I just heard Culpulperina. Culpulperina. And I was like... Her name, this is probably so culturally inappropriate, but I just was like, her name was Cold Pulpery. <laughs> terrible. It's too right? hot, guys. Like, yeah. um, and so, yeah, also, just referring back to what I said earlier, Atticus is a single parent. Da, 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 da. He's got a female housekeeper who literally, like, raises the children. This is the, it's the mammy um, yeah. stereotype, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. because she's not white, it doesn't count. No, like, she's no, not doing anything, even though she literally feeds everyone, cleans them, clothes them. And she even, like, helped educate um, Gem and Scout, like, teaching them how to write and stuff, which yeah. comes up later. Um, it's stuff like that, like, and, like, I mean, it, it was so true with, like, the hell. Yeah. But, you know, like, they literally raised those fucking kids. Yeah. Like, Obviously, like, you know, I mean, you know, anyone can be a mother or father. You just have to bang and, I mean, any, any, literally fucking anyone can be a dad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they need to be, like, a mummy. Mm. That actually is work and stuff. Yeah. And they don't get any appreciation. And now they're just, like, demeaned to this, like, mammy trape. And it's, like, it's Even so in fucking this, like, the attitude scout, The attitude Scout has towards her is, like, really fucked up at different Yeah. Ways. But, um... But, yeah, but no, Atticus raised those kids, not Culperina. Not Culperina. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure he did a great job coming in and being like, nah, it's scout. Mm. Nah, Jim. Nah, Jim. I'm such a good dad. <laughs> Why did uh, Culperina cook you for dinner tonight? That sounds mighty nice. Good night, kids. Good night, kids. Good night, good night. I'm raising these kids all by myself. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> to be fair, the arrogance of men. Yeah. <laughs> Culperina's just out in the corner like, I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking stab you. I don't know what she's called. I'll fucking stab you. I'll fucking stab you. Um, she's not Scottish and of course this book is all about race so the fact that Culperina is black is relevant it is she is paid but it's not discussed what she's paid and also there's no real mention of like white housekeepers so it's definitely like she is the hell yeah it's like the only role a person of colour could aspire to get yeah. so it's still like very much like a subservient oh, yeah, group 100%. of people like it's still yeah in a position of servitude. and also it's so disgusting they're like but they're paid and it's like oh, I bet fucking pittance it's fucking it was fucking pittance yeah it's still slave labour it's still fucking slave yeah. labour which you know I'm gonna and they don't have a choice in order to survive mm. they have to get jobs like that so only jobs open to people of colour yeah. yeah and then they're treated like so I mean not necessarily in this particular case but so many would be like so abused yeah. so badly treated but it's like well, what are you going to do it's also like later in I mean I won't get too into it but later in the book everyone's sort of a bit like I'll just get rid of her get rid of her get rid of her and like you know that's her lifeline that's like you know how she survives but yeah. no one gives a shit about that Atticus does kind of mention that but still Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Atticus. Stop having reason. Yeah, God. Atticus, you keep saying you raised these kids by yourself. Yeah. She did everything. Everything. I think maybe later he says she did stuff. But still. Anyway. So, and we so find out that their mum died when... <laughs> their mum died when Scout was two. And Atticus met her when he was middle-aged and she was 15 years younger than him. But hmm. I looked... So, 
around like Atticus's age now, I'm guessing he was probably around 45-ish when they He's met. He's well old. Yeah, he is old. He's proper old. Um, and so I'm guessing she would have been around 30-ish. So I was like, when are those kind of ages? It's but still, that's very old to be having children. It's very old to be having children, especially back then. Um, anyway, He's going to die. Anyway, it didn't work out because she died of a sudden heart attack. Um, next, we meet Can Dill. we just talk about, yeah. like... I mean, I know sometimes, tragically, people do just die. Yeah. But I just find it so it's just conveniently written, isn't yeah. it? Like, and she did. And then she's dead. Why, she... did she have previous health concerns or did she die during childbirth? Mm, no. I wonder if the um, author's mum died and that's why, or whether it is just energy dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously people do just get aneurysms. People do mm. just die. They do just die, yeah. I don't know, it's just they're a convenient always... trope in a book, isn't it? Like, and then they're dead. Yeah, very sudden, and she did. Moving on. So, um, next we meet Dill. Dill is some bullshit... A delicious herb. Dill. It is delicious. <laughs> um, so, Dill is some bullshitter kid who um, has a single man that can't handle him. So, he kind of gets passed around all his different relatives. But no one, well, the kids, other kids don't know this yet. Um, so, he just makes up loads of shit. Um, because, obviously, his life's quite sad and humiliating. So, he just constantly lies about everything. Fair enough. Anyway, this is how their first encounter goes. So, just to set the scene right now, guys. It's far too hot and lights make the room hotter. So, we are sitting in the dark. With cold towels around us like fucking dark. Yeah, so um, I'm going to try and read this in the dark and see how I go. Um, so this is Dill. Hey, hey yourself, said Jim pleasantly. Jim pleasantly. Why is Jim flirting with him? Hey yourself. Hey yourself. <laughs> like, especially with a southern accent. Hey yourself, Dill. Why don't you come toss me my salad later? <laughs> I am doing um, So Dill's his nickname, so this is still Dill. I'm Charles Baker Harris, he said, and I can read. It's <laughs> a great, to be fair, kids, kids, yeah. kids are funny with that. I'm Hermione Granger, mm-hmm. I read books. <laughs> and you are? I can read. So what, I said. I just thought you'd like to know I can read. You got anything needs reading? I can do it. Yeah, amazing. That's <laughs> great. How old are you? Asked Jem. Four and a half. Going on seven. Shoot, no wonder then, said Jem, jerking his thumb at me. Scout yonder's been reading ever since she was born, and she ain't even started to school yet. You look right puny for going on seven. <laughs> I'm, I'm little, but I'm old, he said. This is a great conversation of children. I wish children were this funny. I may be little, but I'm old. I'm old. Amazing. Jem, I also, I decided highlighting bits to read, and I've just literally been like, this is just... Oh, excellent. <laughs> I may be little, but I'm old. I'm going to use that in my life. <laughs> Jem brushed his hair back to get a better look. Why don't you come over, Charles Barker Harris, he said. Lord, what a name. It's no funnier than yours. Aunt Rachel says your name's Jeremy Atticus Finch. Jem scowled. I'm big enough to fit mine, he said. Your name's longer than you are. It's a foot longer. <laughs> right? Folks call me Dill. <laughs> Fox call me Dill. <laughs> so I guess you were fuck, so you might as well call me Dill too, you prick. <laughs> I want to do it next time someone asks, what's your name? It's going, fuck, call me Katie. <laughs> I'd like to point out some folks. <laughs> I much prefer Fox. I prefer Fox. Fox call me Katie. Fox call me Dill. What is it? <laughs> it's the best line ever. <laughs> said Dill, struggling under the fence. Do better if you go over it instead of under it, I said. Where'd you come from? 
Dill was from Meridian, Mississippi. Was spending the summer with his aunt, Miss Rachel, and wouldn't be spending every summer. And would be spending every summer in Macon from now on. His family was from Macon County originally. His mother worked. Oh wow, the accent gets real patchy around now. <laughs> His mother worked a while away. His mother worked for a photographer in Meridian, had entered his picture into a beautiful child contest and won $5. She gave the money to Dill, who went to the picture show 20 times on it. <laughs> These are the things Dill says. Don't have any picture shows here except Jesus ones in the courthouse sometimes, said Jen. Ever seen anything good? Dill had seen Dracula, a revelation that moved Jen to eye him with a beginning of respect. Tell it to us, he said. Tell me the tale. <laughs> Dill was a curiosity. He wore blue linen shorts that buttoned to his shirt. His hair was snow white and stuck to his head like duck fluff. He was a year my senior, but I towered over him. As he told us the old tale, his blue eyes would lighten and darken. His laugh was sudden and happy. He habitually pulled out a cowlick at the center of his forehead. When Dill reduced Dracula to dust and Jem said the show, turning the page... Sounded better than the book. I asked Dill where his father was. You ain't said anything about him. I no, <laughs> I'm talking about Dracula. I'm talking about, my dad's not Dracula. <laughs> my dad isn't Dracula, scout. <laughs> You're right, babe. <laughs> oh, that was a cool story. Where's your dad? All right, shots fired. Like, I'm not ready to... Sorry, I just told you a story. Maybe I should ask you some questions. Uh, yeah, where's your fucking mum? <laughs> yeah, like, sorry, sorry, where's your mum? Yeah, maybe. Um, I haven't got one. Is he dead? <laughs> Scout all the tact of a mm. fucking rampaging mm. rhino. No. Then if he's not dead, you've got one, haven't you? <laughs> like, uh, again, nice. Dill blush, and Jem told me to hush. A sure sign. He that... blush and I hush. <laughs> you made him blush, you hush. A That's sure... a great line. Hey, you made him blush, you hush. <laughs> to be fair, and Scout could do to listen to that lady yeah, as well. Yeah, she could. A sure sign that Dill had been studied and found acceptable. So that's Dill, everybody. <laughs> I always thought Dill was a nice herb. No, he's that too, he's that too. Maybe that's why, you, I mean, what was his name? Charles Burris or something. And he's like, everyone likes a bit of Dill. Fucks call me Dill. <laughs> Fucks call me Dill. Because I'm nice to leave on the palette. Um, you're not because you bullshit all the time. So. Did he actually see Dracula? Uh, he did actually see Dracula, the film. Cool, yeah. cool. Cool, cool. Um, I don't care about lying about other stuff as long as as long as that part was real. I'm not sure he won the... Maybe he did win the money through that. But anyway, um, on their street is a house where the Radleys live and there's a load of stories about it and the Radleys keep to themselves and um, they keep their adult son shut up in, up inside. Yeah, so, rings a bell. Yeah, most of the stories are like kind of considered to be false. For example, one time... Okay, this is really fucking weird. One time, all the neighbours kept finding their chickens and their pets like mutilated Ew. so they thought it was the, um, the Radley's son but thankfully it was just crazy added who went Addy who ended up drowning himself that's okay um. then <laughs> like, what's wrong with you um so they're talking about how old Mr Radley makes his money and Jem says he bought cotton which is a polite way of saying he did nothing but I just thought that was interesting because if he bought cotton it means someone who trades in cotton who does nothing in order to cr- produce the cotton because obviously that's slave, slave labor, labor yeah. um so even then it was kind of obviously like you know frowned upon to obviously trade in it if you're like yeah. well you do nothing because all you do is buy cotton you don't lift a finger so I was like well you're already you know had like misconceptions about how unequal it was. Why do you carry on with it? Why do you keep doing it? So it's known, um, yeah, so 
Uh, so the main story about the Radleys, um, is, which is the true story, um, is that their son got involved in a local gang and one night they went out sort of joyriding and the old beadle, Mr. Carner, tried to arrest them and they wouldn't let him and they locked him in the court loo. <laughs> so, Hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. Um, so the town said something had to be done. So they went before a judge for lewd behaviour, disturbing the peace and swearing near a female. And the judge <laughs> asked the um, beadle, Mr. Connor, why the um, last offence was included. And Mr. Connor says because they swore so loud I was sure every woman in Maycomb could hear them <laughs> so I like, add that one so the judge just... also like oh yes again it just comes back to the women are so like fragile and stuff like will faint at the sight of blood and it's like you think I can't handle the world fuck yeah it's bad so um, the judge decided to send the boys to this sort of state industrial school, which school, which was actually better for the boys because it meant they were actually getting some kind of good qualifications, which they wouldn't get normally. And one of the boys actually went on to study to be an engineer as a result. Yeah. yeah so the judge even said there's no shame in going to an industrial school, but Mr. Radley wanted his son Arthur, or Boo, as they now call him, uh, released to him on the insurance that he wouldn't get into trouble again. So the other boys went off to get their education and Boo, or Arthur, has been locked up in his parents' house for the past 15 years. Great. So that was healthy. So healthy. And um, although fucking white male privilege, they've broken the law. I'm like, I would rather just take my son home. Well, that is your right as a white father. You take him. I guarantee if that was a black kid, they'd be like, no, you go to prison for like the next 25, 30 years. Can I take my son home, please? He didn't really do anything wrong other than lock someone in in a room. Yeah. I think it's best if we shoot you all. Yeah, literally. Right. Yeah, a bit of white male privilege shining yep. through there. Um, for the record, I do believe in rehabilitation to support and build a good life, but it just pisses me off that everyone, bar cis white men, get overlooked when um, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, there's, um, there's also a story that when Boo was 33, he stabbed his dad in the leg with some scissors as he walked past him, and the mum thought he was going to kill everyone. Um, so she started like running out to the street saying, he's going to kill us! Uh, but then he just went back to making a collage. <laughs> but, um, if anything, it's almost more sinister. It was. So um, they had to um, get the police involved. And um, the sheriff said he didn't... Okay, right. The sheriff said he didn't have the heart to put him in prison next to... Now, we all know what racial terms are used in this book and what the sheriff would have said he didn't want him put in prison next to. And I don't think it serves any purpose for me to repeat disgusting no, racial slurs. No, I don't slurs. think they need to be repeated. Yeah, so I'm not going to. We all know what was being said. And uh, yeah, he didn't want to put him in prison next to people of colour because obviously that would be demeaning for the poor boy that just stabbed his father in the leg. Yeah. Um, so And is 33 and hasn't left the house. Yeah, but um, yeah. So they decided not to put the white boy in prison. Um, I understand it's problematic with the white boy also shouldn't be locked in his parents' house. It's all fucked up from day one. Yeah, I mean, the white boy should really have some mental health help. Yeah, support. Um, but yeah, point there was uh, I, I won't be saying racial slurs. Um, you all know them. Um, so yeah, the sheriff didn't believe Boo deserved that. So he just locked him in the courthouse basement. Um, Sounds just... like he should have locked him in the basement um, the courthouse loo. Why? Yeah. <laughs> How do you fucking like it? She got a toilet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, the basement was mouldy, so they all kind of decided Boo should just go back home. Um, His parents like, huh? <laughs> like, really? Like, okay. So they just sent him home. Again, it's just like, it's so like with white people, like, oh, you know, just kind of sort it out, out um, among yourselves. I'm sure it'll be sensible with it. One, I don't think they're being sensible. Yeah. And two, just like, well, fucking hell, you don't like allow anyone else, you know, the uh, authority to do this. Yeah. Um, 
so everyone in the neighbourhood thinks Mr. Radley is way harsh for imprisoning his son, but no one steps in. It's all kind of like, oh, you know, that's how he wants to run his household. Um, but then eventually Mr. Radley dies and everyone's really relieved and everyone thought Boo would come out now, but instead his big brother returned home from Pensacola and took, do- and took over imprisoning him. Hi. Um, families are pretty kooky, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, Scout Jem and now Dill are just intrigued by this mystery literally on their doorstep. So Jill... Jill? <laughs> Dill, Jem and Scout are all talking about what Boo Raddy looks like and Jem says he walks through people's gardens at night. So-and-so saw him at her window and he's seen his tracks in the morning. <laughs> So, right. and he gives them this very factual description of Boo Radley. I guess this is so like anti-disabled people. Oh my god, it's so ableist. It's so ridiculous. The whole thing's stupid, but also just ridiculous, stupid kids. Right. Jem gave a reasonable description of Boo. Boo was about six and a half feet tall, judging from his tracks. Eh? What? How? <laughs> How did you fit this together? He dined on raw squirrels and any cats he could catch. Judging from his tracks. <laughs> Judging from his tracks. <laughs> eh? That's... His eyes were blue. Judging, Judging from his tracks. <laughs> That's why his hands... So he dined on raw squirrels and any cats he could catch. That's why his hands were blood-stained. If you ate an animal raw, you could never wash the blood off. True fact. Fucks with German scalp. <laughs> Until fucks, <laughs> fucks call me now. Jen from Strix. Jen from Strix. There was a long, jagged scar that ran across his face. What teeth he had were yellow and rotten. His eyes popped and he drooled most of the time. Jen from Strix. Jen from Strix. Just not drooling for good measure. It's just like I can imagine him looking at his tracks. Hmm. I'd say he was about six feet and a half tall. <laughs> How the fuck can you tell that? <laughs> and he eats raw cats and fish. Eh? Raw squirrels and cats. Judge from Strix. Judge from And what color? It's like that bit from um, the Aristocats. What color are his eyes? Well, the blue. Well, now how would I know that? Judge from Strix. <laughs> What colour are they? Colour black. Oh, no, how would I know that? If anyone hasn't seen Aristocats, watch it. Great film. It's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> how would I know that? So, next Dill dares Jem to sort God, that's a fun sentence. Next Dill dares Jem. Dill dares Jem. Dill dares Jem. Dill dares Jem. To draw Boo Radley out of his house so they can all see what he actually looks like. Try and... to draw a lovely picture of him. <laughs> draw, draw a sketch thing as you know what he looks like from a trick. <laughs> Jem debates, is debating how best to do it when uh, this little conversation comes up. Dill, you have to think about these things, Jem said. Let me think a minute. It's sort of like making a turtle come out. How's that? asked Jill. Strike a match under him. I told Jim if he set a fire to the Radley house, I was going to tell Atticus on him. Dill said. Oh, yeah, they call that dad Atticus. Oh, yeah, they call him by his first name, yeah. Dill said striking the match under a turtle was hateful. Ain't hateful, just persuades him. It's not it like, is hateful. It is hateful. Well, listen to this. Not like you'd chunk him in the fire, Jim growled. How'd you know a match don't hurt him? Turtles can't feel stupid, said Jim. Were you ever a turtle, huh? <laughs> so what? 
how would you know? And two, if it doesn't hurt him, why is he responding to the match being lit under Literally. him then? Literally. So, anyway. Jimmy, you fucking idiot. Yeah, Jimmy, fucking tit. So, that's, they're debating. So, anyway. Um, if you set fire to someone's house, I will tell. I will tell Atticus on you. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, completely fair enough. I um, tell Atticus too. You can't set fire to people's houses, Jim. It's not all. Look, Jim, I've, I've put up with a lot of your shit, but <laughs> if you're going to start burning people's houses down, we're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> So I'm going to have to get the parents involved now. So um, they're kind of debating it, and Jem's clearly like very nervous about like how he's going to get him out of the house. And Dill says he'll settle for Jem just touching the house. So Jem runs up, slaps the house, and they all run away. <laughs> Scary. That does sound like a fun game. It does. Your child. Very problematic, but hey, sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. Next, the school term begins, and Dill goes home to Meridian, and it's Scout's first year at school, and Jem has already been there a couple of years, so um, yeah, he kind of knows the deal. So Scout has a new young teacher, Miss Caroline, who's kind of full of new ideals and has like this new t- uh, way of teaching, learnt from university or something like that. University. But she doesn't understand like the culture of the children, and so she starts things off by reading them a real nice story about a family of cats. And, uh, to be fair, it sounds like something you'd like. It does sound lovely. <laughs> so, well, I think it sounds delightful. I'd be in so intrigued. And the class are all fidgety and bored because they're used to like doing physical work. Most of them like been doing farm work since like the second they could walk and they're not used to just like sitting and listening to stories which just doesn't draw them in at all and they're all just like this is really fucking weird (laughs) what is she doing and um, i think it sounds lovely sounds lovely and she's been like and wasn't that a lovely story children and they're like uh yeah (laughs) to be fair so many fucking zombie kids would you like to hear a nice story about a cat They're like, why is that cat buying chocolate? Seems mad strange to me. It's called an imagination. <laughs> yeah, <try again. laughs> so, uh, where was I? Uh, next she finds out that Scout can read and write already. And she's really put out and says her father ought not to teach her anything else. And that she'll take over now and try and undo all the damage her father has done. Uh... And, yeah, and she's like, and Scout's like, damage? And he, she's like, he doesn't know how to teach. So we best stop now. And Scout says, she's like, I don't remember being taught. She's like, I just, and she's like, Jam said I was born reading. And she's like, well, let's not let our imagination get away from us, dear. Well, sorry, ma'am, but mm. you're the one that just told a story about a fucking cat. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> a cat buying chocolate. Sounds weird to me. So Culperina, their housekeeper, also, by the way, is the one that taught them. Well, maybe not to read, but definitely to like write and to like articulate yeah. their uh, calligraphy, their cursive script. Um, so then lunchtime comes around and Scout goes home for lunch. The teacher's like, put your hands up if you're going home. Okay, and everyone else who's bought lunch, put your food on your desk. And she's like going around inspecting the food they've got. I'm like, yep, yep, acceptable, acceptable. Good, good, good. And uh, there's a one boy, Walter Cunningham, and he has no lunch and he's not going home either. And he's obvious. So there's this whole thing, like he's not wearing shoes. And they were like, um, he works on a farm. And if you walk around barefoot at this time of year, you'll get like, and they grubs and gross shit in your feet. So they were like, mm. if he had shoes, he would have worn them to the first day of school. So the fact he's not got shoes means he doesn't have them, full stop. Yeah. Um, so he's obviously poor. And also they know the Cunningham family. Um, but the teacher is perplexed and says, come borrow a quarter and go get something in town and pay me back tomorrow. And he's just silent and won't take the money. And it's just like, no, no, no. And um, it's super, super awkward. And she's getting really annoyed. She's like, take the quarter. And um, <laughs> she's from the Bronx, take the quarter. Take the quarter. <laughs> take the quarter. Take the quarter, Waller. Um, so, um, um, for some reason, everyone like tells Scout that she has to explain the situation. And like I say, Scout knows the Cunningham family, knows they're poor. And so Scout just sits up and goes, Miss Caroline? And she's like, yes. And she goes, he's a Cunningham. And then just sits back down, job done. 
<laughs> so obviously Miss Caroline's like, eh? Eh? <laughs> I'm going to need a little more info Also, there. just the kid that, thanks, Jam. Thanks. Oh, sorry, Scout. Yeah, thanks, Scout. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jen. Scout, for just being like, Miss Caroline, yeah? He's a Cunningham. That means he's poor as shit. Oh, shit. And so, yeah, obviously the teacher's like, what? And she's like, Walt is one of the Cunninghams, Miss Caroline. I beg your pardon, Jean Louise. That's okay, ma'am. You'll get to know all the county folks after a while. The Cunninghams never took anything they can't pay back. No church baskets and no script stamps. They never took anything off anybody. They get along on what they have. They don't have much, but they get along on it. And um, then it kind of... um goes into this whole backstory about Atticus doing some work for Walter Cunningham's dad and him not being able to pay him so instead um, he was like paid with like food from the farm work they did and also loads of wood for their stove yeah, that's what our dad's getting paid with at the yeah. moment um, and, um, and that they're a proud family and you know wouldn't like take charity and Atticus is like that he is paid above and beyond what he owed me for the work and like we're always like kept in wood for our stove and that kind of thing yeah. like they're proud they don't like take charity and so um, Scout kind of thinks like all this backstory like, but she can't articulate it also just concludes with you're shaming him Miss Caroline Walter hasn't got a quarter at home to bring you and you can't use any stove wood so um miss caroline is obviously like well this was fucking awkward and as people had to resolve things back then uh, she grabs scout by the collar and gives her some smacks on the hand with a ruler saying she's starting off on the wrong foot <laughs> what for educating you you silly swine <laughs> yeah exactly like miss caroline is she's a dick um so yeah scout's obviously like the fuck that was weird and as scout leaves um she sees miss caroline um sitting at her desk burying her head in her hands and scout kind of concludes that she would have felt sorry for her if she wasn't such a cunt um, i would feel sorry for you but unfortunately it made my hands hurt too much to feel sadness yeah and she sort of concludes she was such a pretty little thing like because that's why you're gonna feel sorry for her. my god that woman's a dick damn fine ass <laughs> can you imagine a four-year-old being like you are a pretty little thing. You like, are a pretty little thing. So patronising. <laughs> also, so Miss Caroline, obviously, like, she reacted with violence. Next thing, Scout goes out into the play yard, catches up with Walter and starts beating him up. She's like, you got me in trouble. <laughs> and then Jen comes over and he's like, what are you doing? You're bigger than him. And um, she's like, explains the situation. And Jen's like, sounds fair. Let me get it Let on me it. get on him. He's like, no, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Sorry, this coming from the guy who likes to burn tortoises. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Turtles. Um, I bet it is a tortoise, though. Yeah. Um, they, where are they getting a fucking turtle? Yeah. Oh, actually, they, no. I think you do get them down in like the rivers down there. Do you? Um, I was gonna say, where do they? Where's the fucking sea? Where's the fucking sea? I, I do have a feeling about freshwater turtles might be around that part of the world. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jem comes over and stops her. Mm-hmm. Learn something new every yeah, day. Learn something new every day. Jem comes over and stops, and they will end up going back to Jem and Scouts for lunch. Lovely. And Nothing like a bit of a punch up to get the appetite going. <laughs> yeah. It's here. Oh, Jem's very like, my daddy's friends with your daddy. Want to come to lunch? And Walt's like, oh, if, um, I don't know. I'm like, come to lunch. You're welcome. I'm like, okay. Um, okay, I am mighty hungry. I, I'm re- I'm, I am starving. So, um, yeah, uh, they. this is where we learn that Walter is Buddy the Elf. <laughs> so. I'm in a house and I'm singing. <laughs> and I'm singing. Oh, I wish. Hey. There's no singing in Atticus's house. Yes, there is! 
<laughs> it sounds delightful. It would be great. So um, Colperina, uh, Atticus is there as well, and he's like talking about Walter, about like the farm work they do and that kind of thing, and like kind of almost showing. So Walter's just been shamed at school, but like sort of like he knows a lot about the farm stuff, and like Atticus like that's fascinating, that's interesting, like you know, kind of building up like his confidence enough, yeah. and just bringing him up a bit, just being nice. So Colperina brings all the food out, and Walter covers his in syrup, and Scout asks, "What the Sam Hill he was doing?" <laughs> I don't know who Sam Hill is, which probably not. There is a lot of like stuff mm. like that. Yeah, like who's Sam Hill? Um, we should look that up. We like. should. Walter puts the jug down quickly and puts his hand in his lap and bows his head. So he's obviously like, really shamed. Yeah. And Atticus shakes his head at Scout, sort of saying, shut the fuck up. And then um, Scout starts saying, but he's drowned his food in syrup. It's all over. Yoink. <laughs> Carparina's like, you come with me. And so, yeah, Carparina calls her out to the kitchen and is like, I need to have a fucking word. Let's see what the word fucks is. Fucks like um, syrup. <laughs> yeah, fucks like syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone. Um, uh, she squinted down at me, tiny lines around her eyes deepened. There are some folks who don't eat like us, she whispered fiercely. But you ain't called on to contradict them at the table when they don't. That boy young com- that- Sorry, this hard. That boy's your company. And if he wants to eat up at the table- Sorry, guys, it's really hard. So there's this whole thing before this. I'm just going to say this. She was furious. And when she was furious, Culperina's grammar became erratic. When in tranquility, her grammar was as good as anybody's in Macon. Atticus said Culperina has more education than most people of colour. Um, but, yeah, so that's bad. But it's kind of hard to read because it's written, obviously, not how you'd say it colloquially. Anyway, that boy's your company. And if he wants to eat up the tablecloth, you let him. You hear he ain't company, cow. He's just a Cunningham. Hush your mouth. Don't matter who they are. Anybody sets foot in this house is your company. And don't you let me catch you remarking on their ways like you were so high and mighty. Your folks might be better than the Cunninghams. Mm. Mm. Swing and a miss. <laughs> but it don't count for nothing the way you're disgracing them. If you can't act fit to eat at the table, you can just sit here and eat in the kitchen. So I kind of like the end message of that, though. Like, yes, he's different, but you're making him feel shit. Be kind. Like, be kind. And if you're going to be a dick, you're worse than anything. Yeah. So then you don't get to eat to the table. Yeah. Shit. Little shit. Needy <laughs> <laughs> kids. You have to be kind. If they're different from you, you embrace their differences. You shit. <laughs> you fucking can. So, <laughs> you little bastard. So they all go back to school for the afternoon. And then. Oh, uh, I would not. If I went home every lunchtime, I'd oh, get you'd be so. so and it's cozy. a proper full lunch as well. Like, Copperin is putting on a fucking spread. There was like meat and vegetables. Like, oh, I'd be so comfy. Yeah, like, I'm not going. You know, when you have a bit of a carb. Well, you know, really you, know you, you don't really have lunch at work, do you? I. Katie's making it sound like, you know, it's about only work five hour shifts. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. That's that's a hard time after your lunch and you've, you've had a little too much and it's like, you need to get up and do work. Mm. But I'm so comfortable. <laughs> no, don't make me. Yeah, I to. Well, to be fair, they came back and they got a show. So I returned to school and hated Culperina steadily until a sudden shriek shattered my resentments. I looked up to see Miss Caroline standing in the middle of the room, sheer horror flooding her face. Apparently she had revived enough to <laughs> to persevere in her profession. It's a laugh, she screamed. The male population of the class rushed as one to her assistance. Only the male population. Yeah. Lord, I thought she'd scare she's scared of a mouse. Little Chuck Little whose patience would <laughs> Little Chuck Little, <laughs> no. whose patience with all living things was phenomenal, phenomenal, 
Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's too hot. Said, which way did he go, Miss Caroline? Tell us where he went. Quick, DC. He turned to a boy behind him. DC, shut the door and we'll catch him. Quick, ma'am, where'd he go? Miss Caroline pointed a shaking finger, not at the floor, nor at a desk, but to a hulking individual unknown to me. Little Chuck's face contracted and he said gently, You mean him, ma'am? Yes, I'm he's alive. Did he scare you some way? Miss Caroline said desperately, I was just walking by when it crawled out of his hair. Just crawled out of his hair. Okay, that's the fuckest accent to do. <laughs> crawled out of his hair. Crawled out of his hair. Little Chuck grinned broadly. There ain't no need to fear a cootie, ma'am. Ain't you ever seen one? Now don't you be afraid. You just go back to your desk and teach us some more. <laughs> All right, little Chuck Little. You're great. I love little Chuck Little. Why don't you just sit down, ma'am, and you do us some teaching. It's okay. It's okay. You do it so nice now. Don't you worry about little kids. Why are these little kids so... Little like, adults. Yeah, so grown up. I'd be quite unnerved by them. Like, Same. you're a pretty little thing, aren't you? <laughs> I don't know. She doesn't do anything that way. Yeah, but still. Creepy. <laughs> and then, why don't you just go sit down and do some... Imagine, like, crying in front of kids, and then one of them just holds your hands, like... It's okay. It's okay. You why, why don't you go sit down? Little Chuck Little was another member of the population who didn't know where his next meal was coming from. But... Turn the page. But he was a born gentleman. He put his hand under her elbow and led Miss Caroline to the front of the room. Now don't you fret, ma'am, he said. There ain't no need to fear a cootie. I'll just fetch you some cool water. The cootie's host showed not the faintest interest in the horror he had wrought. He searched the scalp above his forehead, located his guess, and pinched it between his finger and thumb. Miss Caroline watched the process in horrid fascination. <laughs> Katie's face. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I don't think Miss Caroline was cut out for this. I don't think she's going to last long. No. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I skipped too far in my notes. Uh, so Miss Caroline uh, asks the boy with lice to go home and wash and uh, treat the head lice before returning. So this boy is Burris Ewell, and he's abs. And the Ewell family will learn more about later. Um, but yeah, he's absolutely filthy, and he says um, she's not sending him home. He's leaving. He's done the required amount of schooling for the year, so he won't be back until next year. So the Ewells are like this really, really rough family that um, yeah, come up later. And basically, the county can't get the family to keep the children in school, so they've kind of compromised and said if the kids at least show up on the first day just to register that's good enough so he's done that and yeah fucking washing your hands over children in need as well yeah literally like and also he's filthy and covered in lice so yeah clearly like you know a welfare thing but i guess they don't have any welfare services no um so this is really odd for miss caroline to grasp she's like eh Like, eh? That's not a fucking thing. And um, little Chuck says for Miss Caroline to let him go as Burris is a mean one, and he might stump start something, and there are little ones present. <laughs> so okay, little Chuck, little. Well, wait, the Burris. Also, it's just really gone into my head that his name isn't Little Chuck Little; it's Little Chuck Norris. <laughs> well, wait. So there are little ones present. And I don't want to have to get violent. <laughs> well, Burris turns to him. like Burris, you will like turn some kind of like, you know, almost like maybe going to start something with him. Yeah. And little Chuck Lickle, Lickle? <laughs> little, little Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris puts his hand in his pocket and says, I'd soon as kill you is look at you. Now go home. Gosh. Yeah. Gosh, little Chuck Little Norris. And Burris, even though he's a lot bigger than little Chuck Little Norris, um, is obviously like a bit intimidated. So he goes to leave, but shouts at the teacher. It's not because she's making him. He calls her a snot-nosed slut. Oh, you don't get to call people sluts. No, and he makes sure that she's crying. Like, you cry? Okay, I'll go. (laughs) 
like, before he goes, what a first day. Can you imagine a child just being like, I will make you cry before I leave this room? Like, yeah. uh, just be clear, I don't agree with punting kids, but I'm punting that kid. I mean, little child, little pull you now for stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna make Miss cry? I gonna cut you. Yeah, I gonna cut you. So all the children gather around her desk to comfort her. Gross. Um, <laughs> let's see what they say. Soon we were clustered. Soon we were clustered around her desk, trying in our various ways to comfort her. He was a real mean one, below the belt. You ain't called on to teach folks like that. Them ain't the Maycomb's ways. Miss Caroline, not really. Now don't you fret, ma'am. Miss Caroline, don't you? Why don't you read us a story? That cat thing was real fine this morning. <laughs> These kids are so freaky. <laughs> Miss Caroline smiled, blew her nose, and said, "Thank you, darlings." dispersed us, opened a book, and mystified the first grade with a long narrative about a toad frog that lived in a hall. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> uh, words fail me. <laughs> Just imagine Ofsted st- stood in the corner watching this unfold, like... Um... <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry, Miss Well, why don't you tell us another story? Don't that sound nice? It does sound nice. Like, I'm sorry, who's in charge here? <laughs> the children. The I children. think you'll find this little Chuck Norris little. <laughs> yeah, little Chuck Norris little. <laughs> why uh, did they all look at Scout to lead the talk? I don't early? know. But clearly, I... little Chuck Norris little had it down. He's got the little muscle, and, um, well, to be fair, yes, yeah, so he's like kind of. Well, I suppose he did, like, defend her from the scary person. <laughs> but, yeah, fucking Scout gets, like, whipped on the hand. And now he's, like, the fucking hero. Male privilege. Yeah, male privilege. She's like, a girl talked back to me. Fucking bitch. Fuck this little bitch. man saved me. What a hero. Like, okay, you're creepy. <laughs> so, Summer rolls around and then Dill comes back. And it's just general bullshitting. Oh, so we skipped all of the school year, pretty much. Yeah. It was just boring shit yeah <laughs> just... and then i learned my a my b and my, my c's. c's yeah uh, to be honest it doesn't actually go on for that long in the book but, yeah um, yeah so summer rolls around again um dill comes back there's just general bullshitting from him and there's just casual misogyny whilst they're playing um towards scout from jim and she acts too much like a girl and um well jim it might surprise you but I am a girl. I am a girl. <laughs> so, uh, they devise a new game where they're the Radley family and they um, and Scout's left to, ch- uh, to play all the sort of general female roles, which she's not too pleased about. Yeah. And um, Jem is Boo Radley and um, every now and then goes under like the porch steps and has a little scream. And, um, <laughs> and Till is like the dad who's like really harsh and everything. And uh, they have like, you know, a full narrative going on and it's full of terrors. And at one point, Mrs. Radley's had her finger cut off because um, one night Boo couldn't get any squirrels, so he ate her finger. And um, they're literally like playing this out in the street and not being that subtle about Boo it. Boo Radley and his mum are just looking out the school and out of the window and I'm like, hey that didn't happen hey <laughs> that's rude hey so, i didn't need her finger i need it not I her much. toe <laughs> just cut it off didn't eat it enough mad. mad um so atticus catches them at it one day and says the game better not have anything to do with the radleys and jem's like no it doesn't and well it sounds like you're playing Boo Radley. That's a coincidence. <laughs> that's a just a winky dick uh, oh he comes out when they're playing with the scissors and he's like scissors are not to be played with has this got anything to do with the Radleys? And they're like, no. Aww. And then Dill's like, are we allowed to play anymore? And Jem's like, he didn't say we couldn't. And Scout's like, I don't know. I think he knows, Jem. Like, I think we should stop. And then, let me see. I've got a little bit to read out. But again, it's dark, guys. So I have to 
my pages in the dark. <laughs> it's hard when it's this hot. It is. Um, I was not so sure, but Jem told me I was being a girl. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, Jem, and your misogynistic, outdated views. Wait, that girls always imagine things, and that's why other people hated them so. <laughs> I hate girls. They're always imagining things. <laughs> Jem, you are so problematic. And also just came out as gay. But yeah, that's fine, Jem. You can be gay. You can be gay if you want. Um, but I bet you got a problem with that, don't you, Jem? Probably. If no, be aware of what gay is. Um, and if I started behaving like one, I could just go off and find some to play with. You want to be a girl so much? Why don't you find some? Okay, Jim, I will go play with the girls. And you know what? We're not going to play games that demean those who have disabilities. Yeah. Because you know what? We're not a bunch of cunts. Literally. Come on, Dill. And I said, all right, you just keep it up then. I said, you'll find out. Because um, she's like, you'll find out Atticus knows what's going on. He's going to have it for you. Um, Atticus's, Atticus's arrival was the second reason I wanted to quit the game. The first reason happened the day I rolled into the Radley front yard. Through all the head-shaking, quelling of nausea and jam yelling, I had heard another sound so low I could not have heard it from the sidewalk. Someone inside the house was laughing. And I was like, to be fair, if I saw a load of kids like outside the front of my house playing a game, I'm like, and then Marsha came out and farted. I would piss. <laughs> you imagine? And then Miss Katie came with her hairdressing scissors and cut all the hair off. I would, to be fair. My line at work is when a client is annoying, it's like, oh, should I just shave them? <laughs> should, should I just shave them? Should I just shave them? Just shave, shave them. them. It's too hot. Shave them. Um, I'm definitely using, we were saying earlier, how, um, because now masks are not compulsory, how, I mean, to be fair, 90% of our clients are still good and wearing them, yeah. but how I want to enforce a rule, it's like, it's either a mask or a mullet. Yeah, mask or mullet, take your fucking pick. Take your fucking pick. <laughs> I mean, mullets are actually making a comeback, so. <laughs> like, is it for free? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> like, no, no, it's not, 70 pounds extra. Not, not for you. Um, I am going to conclude in two seconds, but I'm just going to say uh, this little bit about Dill um, asking Scout to marry him. Because I did not see that coming. Didn't you? I didn't. No, I thought they was a very much like friendly dynamic. Didn't you read Little Woman? When <laughs> Joe was like, what do you mean you're pro- I don't know why they don't have to be Southern, but they do. Mm. Um, what do you mean you're proposing to me, Laurie? Mm. I thought we were just... This is a great accent. Like, yeah, I was like, it's not so Southern anymore. <laughs> I thought we were just friends. And he's like, but I have penis, you have funny. Mm. Please let them meet. Let us be unified. <laughs> like, well, they are children. <laughs> yeah, but Jem Clay's already got his misogynistic patriarchal views in place. Thanks, Atticus. Thanks. Um, so he had asked me earlier... Oh, wait for this. He had asked me earlier in the summer to marry him. Then he promptly forgot about it. He staked me out, marked me at his property, said I was the only girl he would ever love. Then he neglected me. I beat him up twice, but it did no good. He only grew closer to Jem. Oh, maybe Jim is gay. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I'm going to leave it now, yeah. lads. Um, Isn't Jim 13? Something like that. Jim should know better. Than being gay. No, no, that's fine. Uh, than being fucking um, ableist prick. Yeah, Jim should. So, Jim does have a bit of like a growing up soon. Um, and that's he drifts thing, apart from um, Scout then. But Scout's more mature than him. Oh, yeah, at the moment. And also, when he grows up, he's very like, oh, I do my own thing, Scout. Like, you can't be involved with me anymore. And Scout's like... So he became a moody teenager. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that's what he becomes. He's just sort of talking Scout. I'm and Scout's sorry, like, Scout. I need to be alone with my art right now. <laughs> Stupid girls. He needs to be alone with his car magazines. <laughs> and I like my car magazines. That's all I'm here for. Um, 
Yeah, you're so, yeah. so cool, Jam. I hope, guys, let me know if the southern accent is annoying, and if it is, well, I'm real into it, so you're probably going to want to skip this season. Yeah, I'm sorry, lads, <laughs> but our terrible accents are here to stay. Here to stay. Join in, it's fun. Um, if you have enjoyed listening into this... Really hard to speak in a normal voice now. It is. Not I'm, normal. I'm, I'm, our, normal our voice. Yeah. Our normal. I'm so hot. Um, yeah, if you've enjoyed this, um, come follow us on social media. Just put on Classical into Google. If you want to come join us on Patreon, it is a party over there. It come is. rock over. And yeah, we'll see you next time. One then... last thing. Oh, yeah. I really hope that someone somewhere in the future listens to this and doesn't get the context that we're in a heat wave in summer and every now and then we're just like, I'm so fucking hot. So hot. I'm just so sexy. Because that's what mm. we mean when we say we're really hot. I, yeah, I don't feel the heat. I'm just very sexy. I'm just, I just sometimes catch an angle of myself and I'm like, damn, I'm fine. That's why we have to sit in the dark because we just get distracted otherwise. I mean, I do get very distracted by my, how pretty my dog is from doing anything. I just sit there being like, you're so pretty. So on that note, notice what's beautiful in your own life. A dog. We'll see you next week for the next part of To Kill a Mockingbird. Goodbye now. Bye, Goodbye. Folks. Bye. 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 For fuck's sake. Bye.